0: Well, practice family, what is up? Hopefully you're well. Hopefully you're hanging in there. Happy Sunday to you and to your family. It's so great to have you with us as we continue to celebrate Easter. This is tide. It's the season of Easter in the church calendar where we just take time to celebrate resurrection. And it's not just a day. It is several weeks between Resurrection Sunday and Pentecost Sunday, which we'll celebrate in a little bit here. And what a time in the church calendar just to to celebrate, to join in together. We are resurrection people. We are these people that have been resurrected and made new by Jesus. And we know that that is the telos, that this is the end goal for us. Resurrection, So it's beautiful. And so everything we do in our gatherings really pushes to that during the Easter season. With that in mind, uh, my goal today is we have been in a, a teaching series through Eastertide so far through the letter of Colossians in the New Testament. And if you actually want to open your Bible with me, you can open to Colossians chapter one. That's where we're going to be. And really my goal today is just to read the text over us. And as you know, we are in church in the round today. And what we wanna do, and we do this every once in a while, is carve out lots of time this morning for you to connect with each other and wrestle through some questions. And so we do this once a month as well in homes. And by the way, next week is Community Sunday, so we won't be at Goodwill next week. We'll be in community. So basically we're giving ourselves space for two weeks to really wrestle Spend some time, be the church, wrestling through some questions around this letter and what it means for us. And I actually think that's really beautiful because it has to be more than just talking heads from stages. It has to be the work of the people. The moment we're in with the church has to include all of us joining in. So we want to give you a voice this morning. So what I'm going to do is read the text, share a couple thoughts, and then just Release the hounds, as they say. We just want to release you um, to join in. And if you're new and this is awkward, sorry, but, you know, we do really value the, the ability to be able to turn in. And I know there's some wonderful people around tables that will help make you feel comfortable and help lead this conversation together. So we're in Paul's letter to the Colossians. So far, we have looked at his greeting, this poem that we believe the church entered into and sang probably this hymn around the supremacy of Jesus, that it's all about Jesus and his work, this call to live worthy, uh, live into this calling that we've received. And now what we're going to do is going to land chapter one here by reading it out. So if you want to join me, verse 24, it says this. Paul says, now I rejoice in what I am suffering for you, And I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, which is the church. I have become its, the church's, servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness, the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the Lord's people. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, excuse me, the hope of glory. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I strenuously, there's a word, contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. Now, I don't know if you've ever been Entrusted with a secret, Um, I got thinking about this this week. uh, Several years ago, good friends of ours were having a baby in their family. And it was the first baby on both sides of the family. So this was the first grandchild that they were having on both sides. And so there was lots of anticipation. And so we were out with them and some friends one evening at a restaurant, just having um, a great time with everybody. And in walks the mom of this friend, this girl who was about to have a uh, had just found out that, that she was pregnant and was gonna have a baby. And so the mom walks in, and there's lots of hustle and bustle at the table, and the mom comes over my shoulder. And at this point, I didn't know this lady very well. Um, I didn't know her very well. And so she kind of came over my shoulder, and we were sitting close to them, and I just said to her, Hey, you must be thrilled that this is like your first grandchild is coming and the ex- expectancy, you just must be so excited. And she looked at me and went, what? And in that moment, as I'm literally sinking in my chair and Heather was there too, and she, you could just tell, like we are sweating, I am drowning in like I have brought upon this family just the worst thing that could ever happen, that I would be the one that would reveal this kind of message or news to the mom and not their own daughter and son-in-law. So I'm like sweating, Heather is like trying, You you could just sense, she's like trying to hold things together. And this mom just said, what, what are you talking about? And then just kind of moved on. Went around the table, started talking to other people. And so I'm trying to hold it together. And they weren't sitting with us, they were getting their own table, so after they said greetings to a few people around the table, she came behind me and said, I'm just kidding. And it was like a breath of new life in my bones that I had not actually ruined a family. And that's actually ruined me because uh, now if I know something it takes anything and everything to get it out of me just because of that like gut feeling that I felt on that day, which is probably a good thing. So unless it's like Facebook official, I will play dumb around you. I will very much play like I have no idea What is going on? And some of you have experienced this before. If there's ever news or anything exciting, I'm just like the last person to acknowledge it. Um, In that moment, I felt like I had made known, even though maybe I shouldn't have, this kind of mystery, this this secret. And one of the things you catch in Paul's writings, and I just want to highlight two things in the text here and then just let you go. Uh, And by let you go, I don't mean like leave the room, I mean like talk about this. But You know, the scriptures in Paul's writing always talks about the mysterion, the mystery. Paul talks about this in Ephesians. Here he says in verse 26 in Colossians, the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the Lord's people. He goes on and says to the Gentiles, the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, there's connection here to Israel's story. Because if you were an ancient Jew, you were looking forward to the day when God would act in history to restore the fortunes of your people. And so a lot of Jewish people expressed their hopes and their desire for God to kind of renew all things and, and do this. For God to more, more so come and, you know, they were anticipating Messiah. But their hope was that God would come and that these were In part, secret plans that God was reserving for kind of the final day. And what you get here is, I think, irony when Paul uses the term mystery. Because here's the thing, or or secret, like the mysterion. Um, The fact is, any time that Paul uses this language, he then tells us what the secret is. So if Israel was anticipating kind of this this mystery, this secret, over and over and over, Paul would tell us what the mystery is. And here again, the mystery is that now, if you are a follower of Jesus, Christ is in you, the hope of glory. So in a sense, it's not a secret, right? The secret and mystery was very much left to Gnosticism, There is nothing secret about what God has done now in the world, especially as we're given letters like this for it to kind of be revealed to you. So God's secret, I like how N.T. Wright puts it, God's secret plan is not for Paul a timetable of events, right? It's not a timetable of events. God's secret plan is not that secret anymore because it's a person and his name is Jesus. And so there is nothing now, especially a couple millennia later, there is nothing secret about this. God has been revealed in Jesus. And just like we've been kind of drilling into this, even in the poem, that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. There's no secret here. All right. No secret at all. The secret has been revealed. And it is totally flipped upside down, totally different than we could ever imagine. It is in the person and work of Messiah Jesus. And so uh, I just find it fascinating. Anytime Paul uses the word uh, secret or mystery or mysterion, he'll use that word and then he'll tell us what the mystery is, which means it's not, it's not that much of a secret, all right? And so when we read that, just remember that. Jesus has put on display for us the mysteries of God. The foolishness of God has been seen in Jesus in the cross, all right? The other thing is just as we kind of move to the tables here, is the continued imagery around maturity. So Paul says this, verse 28, again, he is the one we proclaim admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. I love that. That the admonishing and teaching within the church uh, creates and in many ways perpetuates wisdom so that you and I Can be presented as fully mature in Christ. That actually, the idea of maturity for us is is, is big within the church because there's this continual reminder that we've been saved, but we will be saved. And we kind of live between the times, and it is now, this is no secret, the mystery is Jesus in the personal work of Jesus. And he is the one in the working within us as the community that makes us fully mature in him. That you and I as uh, apprentices or disciples of Jesus, we are these ones that are made mature. And so I love, again, N.T. Wright, I've just kind of been been drilling into his, his stuff. He says this, he says, The church must look nowhere else for forgiveness for the past, for maturity in the present, or for future hope. In essence... I think what this is saying is, as we become mature in Jesus, we look nowhere else but him. He is the image of the invisible God. This is not a secret. And one of the things we lean into is we become mature. And so we want to give you time and space to wrestle through this. We want to give you time just to to wrestle through what we're reading here. And so some questions are going to come up. And we're going to give you opportunity. I'm going to hand it back over to our team, and they're going to kind of tee this up. Love you guys so much. Uh, excited. Next week, we'll continue. And in our groups, the hope is, is to begin chapter two. I hope you can get into a community. Join in next week. Community leaders, just be prepared and ready to go as we join in again. And if you're not in a community, you can speak to one of our team today or just email us at hello at mypraxis.church. Grace and peace to you guys. Let's uh, join in.